Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the World Cup. On caught offside. Ronaldo! Oh, it's come on, come Ronaldo! Brazil are in front! It's Ronaldo! And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! And it's a concert! And Germany are the champions of the world. It's Mbappé! Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and JJ. Oh, yes! Caught offside from my parents' basement outside of Philadelphia and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, Andrew Gunling, J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? Uh, you tell me what's up. I'm, I'm still trying to calibrate how to feel about that game. Yeah. So, I mean, look, my, my initial instinct is to feel good about what happened. Obviously... It felt like there were moments where a, a win was within their grasp, and that would have been so cool. Um, but I think the U.S. proved at least somewhat of a point today that they can play with pretty much any team in the world. Uh, that was a, a really strong performance from them. I think most American fans would leave this game today feeling really proud about what they saw. Ultimately, the equation doesn't really change. It's still a win versus Iran. Um but I think you could. I think you leave that game today as an American fan, feeling feeling pretty good about this team. While you talk, JJ, see, I'm in my parents' house, like I said, and you know how parents' houses are. There's just things all over that you can't explain. Noises suddenly happen. I don't know what just happened. There's a, a gigantic, like industrial size dehumidifier behind me that just clicked on. I'm gonna go turn it off because it's the loudest thing I've ever heard. You go for one sec. All right, uh, Andrew, of course, joining us live from some kind of a bunker just outside of Berlin. Look at that little slit in the window, too. Uh, unbelievable kind of backdrop for Andrew to be in. Not professional. Look at me, what I have behind me. It's absolutely perfect. Uh, is this stream bought to us by Peloton? <laughs> sure. 
Why not? My hey, dad's Peloton is yeah, right one, there. One thing you'll never use is a Peloton, all right? You no, brought no, a, I actually am intimidated just being in the same room as it. I can't make eye contact with it. You brought a, a rowing machine a few years ago, and all it has done is gather dust. It's the saddest rowing machine ever. You served as, a, as a, an alternate clothes hanger. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's just, I just want to get a few comments uh, before we even get into the game, Andrew. Let, let's, just, let's just sample the mood of the nation right now. Mm-hmm. Um, are the boys using the same hairstylist? The obvious question. Uh, no, we're not. Um, Andrew uses Lego by Vidal Sassoon. And I use just a, a very, very basic wax. Not having a real striker will do in the U.S. men's national team. I am not confident going into the game against Iran, says Nexus Fantissimo. Uh, Zimmerman out. Which I think is rather harsh. Well, here let's 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 take a sec for each of these. Well, hang on one sec. Hang on All one right. sec. I, I have to include Stanley Givner with the comment of the moment so far. Literal prisoner of the moment, Andy. It does <laughs> look like you are. In I can some move kind freely. I can move freely. <laughs> You've been allowed. Don't worry about me. My wife says it's okay. Um. Yeah. So okay, let's go. I want to go through some of those comments because they are interesting. Uh, I would say it's. It's not altogether shocking. It's a little bit sad to come out of a, a nil-nil draw against England with the initial takeaways being stuff that's really negative. Uh, but I get it. I get it, um, especially in those two areas. Start with the Zimmerman thing first. I thought for the most part throughout the course of this game, he was actually pretty good. Okay. I mean, obviously, defensively, you know, defensively, he had the play of the game. Harry Kane got that opportunity in the first. I have my notes here. I could tell you what minute it was. Um I forget exactly. Jay. You all know the play that I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, I know ball, the ball. The ball comes down. It was it was cut back by Saka. It was one of it was one of England's only really cohesive and coherent moves of the entire 90 minutes. When early on they found little gaps in behind down the right hand side, uh, right hand side in behind uh, Anthony Robinson, uh, our left. Saka cuts it back, and Zimmerman throws his body on the grenade. I mean, it's the defensive play of the game. I think everybody felt the same way as that play was unfolding, as the ball made its way to Harry Kane's foot. We talk all the time, JJ, about the goals that like we see the net rippling before the ball has reached the back of it. I think a lot of us felt that way, and Zimmerman intervened. So like, if we're going to point out all of, all of the bad things that he does, it's completely and wildly unfair to not point out the good things as well. It's the defensive play of the game. It saved a point for the U.S. over, over the course of this game. Having said that, late in the game, just like against Wales, he made probably the shakiest defensive play of the game against Wales. It cost us three points. Um, and tonight against England, you know, he was bailed out. It led to a set piece. But, you know, that pass that he made was unnecessary, risky, uh, and it could have nearly led to England coming back the other way with the U.S. players out of position. Uh, and it could have led to a goal for England. So, I mean, it's it seems right now that we're starting. I mean, we're getting a sense of kind of what you're going to get from Walker Zimmerman. There's going to be some highs, which you saw tonight, and there's going to be some lows, which we've seen a little bit more of. So, look, I, I get I get some of the negativity, but we got to point out the good as well. Okay, can I interject on that? I, I think defensively he's fine. If you ask him to play those kind of uh, between the lines, trying to to get us up the field passes, he does struggle. Um, Richard Rolson here, Zimmerman needs to improve his passing. He was rough all match. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can, can I just get go global for a second. Um, I thought the US, generally speaking, were tactically spot on in this game. I think we gave England so many headaches. Now, I'll get to England in a moment because there's there's some criticism coming their way. But I thought, generally speaking, 
the United States were excellent. The fact that we slipped into that 4-4-2 very on, very early on with Wea and uh, um, uh, excuse me, Hadji Wright pressing. We cut off the passing lanes. Like it's a long time since Declan Rice. Maybe it's not that long. Actually, he plays for West Ham and England have been poor in the nation's league. I was going to say it's a long time since Declan Rice has been that ineffective. That's probably not true. But let's say Bellingham. Rice and Bellingham were nullified. And as that first half moved along, we really took over. And it felt to me like there was a goal coming, except we know there's never a goal coming. There just isn't. And that is the real issue for this team. We are, and I hate using it because it's such a strong loaded term but we are impotent when it comes to finishing those chances and it's what's going to cost us or potentially cost us against Iran now I think Iran you know um, they're a better side than we thought Wales are are exactly what we what we saw from the US game for most of it they're poor they're a poor side and a side in decline so I think Iran will give us chances I'm already floating ahead to the Iran game because right now we know that it doesn't, this game that's just passed doesn't really matter. It's, it's win or go home against Iran. My point being, the US throughout this game, I thought, looked like the best team. They looked like the front foot side. I think they exposed the innate conservatism of Gareth Southgate's uh, selections. I thought we were very, very good. But as the game dragged on into that second half, it looked less and less likely we'd score. Not because we wouldn't put an attack together. It's because we just can't find the net seven corners Andrew and not one of them dangerous yeah. it's not that that's that's the real frustration for me um, out of a game that really I think in years gone by we would have been lauding this as England beats as as the US beats England nil nil that would have been the front page of the New York, New York Post uh, but not this time uh, and not against that England yeah so a couple things off of what some of what you just said there uh, one um, I want to touch on the corner kick stuff that you mentioned there, you're right. Seven corner kicks, nothing came from them. Uh, although I, I do think that it's important a little bit to differentiate between nothing coming from them and then automatically associating that with Christian Pulisic not playing in good balls. I actually thought some of them were very good. It's just sometimes that's the way it goes. And uh, and, and Harry and uh, Harry Maguire had an excellent game in the air, marshalling anything that did make it through. That's fair. Yeah. So you know, I, I think that that's worth pointing out. Um, and then the other thing you said that's interesting is you said you've, you've kind of you're already moving on to the Iran game because such is the consequences of this game. It almost feels like JJ because we we really knew that before this game even kicked off that mm. like this game was always going to be fun. It was always going to be really meaningful. It was never going to be the decider of anything, win or lose or draw. This game almost felt more like a culture, like a, a, a more important cultural game than it did an actual World Cup game. Does yeah. that make sense? Did, yeah, I wonder no, if anyone it, else was feeling that. Yeah, it's like when you watch uh, the PBS NewsHour, uh, that's, that's, the re- that's the Iran game. PBS NewsHour is the Iran game, whereas this game was a culture war. So it's like Tucker Carlson or Hannity tonight. That's what that is. Th- this is just kind of a back and forth. Uh, this is more of, oh, I mean, you heard some of the chants. You heard the England chants. It was exactly that. Uh, the the United States, I think they started, uh, oh, they started ch- chanting, I believe, I believe that we will win. And right after that, the English fans responded. We had an in-stadium culture war. They responded with, what the fuck, you know, was that? What the fuck, you know? So that was the level on which this game was played and ultimately the importance of it. It was another 
chapter in the ongoing culture war between uh, the daft Yanks, as they call us, and uh, them across the pond, as we call them. So where did you watch this one? I watched this. Do you know what, Andrew? I, I defaulted to the safety of my own viewing situation in the apartment. It was too big of a game. Like, I, I, and also considering how quickly we had to get on the live stream, the last thing you needed me was like four or five bottles deep running back to the apartment to set up. You know, it would have been a disaster. So I watched it literally just yards away uh, on, on my television so I could bring the best possible analysis. And I'm yeah. already failing, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I was upstairs from where I am right now in my uh, parents' living room. So in the first half of this game, because you know how it is with Thanksgiving, there's just like, it's a great time. It's my favorite holiday. There's there's family everywhere. So the first half of this game was mainly occupied by Jack sitting on my shoulders and Luke, who found a recorder, you know, the musical instrument. Recorder. Oh, Jesus Christ, no. He, he found one. And most of the first half was occupied by him playing it. Oh, over the <laughs> oh no, over John I mean, Strong's commentary. Just for people who don't know, the recorder is the tin whistle or any air instrument's most annoying cousin. Yeah, it, it is a shrill. Even when it's played properly, it sounds like shit. Yeah. It is like, like if I were advertising it, I'd say like, "Are you someone who's annoyed by people whistling? Well, you're gonna hate this." Yeah, have you ever wondered what it would feel like? to have a drill go through your ear, but without the damage of a drill going through your ear. Yeah. Have you bought a recorder yet? Yeah. And then have a three-year-old play it who only knows one volume. as Like, he's only going to go as hard as he can with that thing. But then they went and did some pottery thing uh, at halftime. So it was kind of me and my dad able to just take it in. Um, and it was fun. I mean, honestly, this was fun. I was... I mean, I tweeted before the game, I was as up for this as I think any soccer game I could possibly be up for. Like this was very pumped. You were so pumped that you used a swear word uh, in a text message. That's when, you know, I curse in texts. I just am not an animal on this feed because I understand that our audience consists of people of all ages. Unlike you who have already used the F word in the first 10 minutes of this thing. Come on, people want raw, sexy, uncut JJ. And I'm giving them that. Well, guess uh, guess what else they're getting? The explicit rating when this is released as an audio podcast. You're a disgrace. You are. I'll tell you what. The only person that lacks more bravery and courage than you is Garrett Southgate. We'll um, get to him. We'll royalty him. 95. I played recorder from fifth to 10th grade. Hated it. Lol. <laughs> and everyone hated you, too, while you played it. Um, so I, I do want to go through some of this game, JJ. I did manage to take some notes today. It was very professional. Um <laughs> I mean, the first half was really interesting because the game started out England on the front foot, that Kane opportunity that we mentioned that Zimmerman came up big for, you know, that was early on in this game. And it felt, it felt like it could be one of those games where the U S is just on their heels a lot. You hope to concede as little as possible, but you always in the back of your mind, know you're going to concede at least one, but then it changed. I don't know if I can explain the case. Yeah. Like everything around, I'd say maybe the 20th minute or so, um, started to change a little bit uh 17th minute good transition play led to a, a header for Haji Wright which went a little bit wide 20th minute good build up again but a bad ball from Serginio Dest to Haji Wright which is unfortunately kind of becoming a little bit of a thing we need our fullbacks to be playing in more consistent better balls to our guys in the middle oh Andrew we cannot have not to to contradict your anthem but it was two in quick succession from Haji uh from Weston McCain excuse me, Serginho Dest, that were not 
top quality and that did not make their target. That can't keep happening or we are just going to, we're like for all the good play and the effort back the field and for the patterns of play. And we're so much more coherent as a team than, than, than we were um, in, in previous iterations before Berhalter. But like, there's got to be some kind of finish, some kind of end game. And we just, we do not, we are nowhere near it right now in that, in that sense. Yeah. Those balls just are not, they're just not quite threatening enough. Um, but look, all it takes is one. So I guess you never know. Keep trying. Uh, again, 26 minute. It was that right side for the U.S. Constantly doing damage down that right side. Um, wound up with a ball into Weston McKinney, of course, who fires way over the net. And I think this will be one of probably two moments that American fans will look back on in this game as the big what ifs of this match. Uh, um, a hundred percent. And that was the real chance because as good as the move, and it was a brilliant move a few minutes later, uh, the, on the third, in the 32nd minute, McKenney's little round the world where he spins past and cuts open the English midfield. And then the ball's recycled through Pulisic, uh, through Musa to Pulisic who hits the crossbar as good a chance as that is. I mean, it's a, from that angle, it's a, it's a low percentage shot. It's great. And it nearly snuck in, but it, but the real chance in that first half was McKenney, who arriving late in the box, I just, I, you expect him to, to hit the target. And that's the big thing. We did not work Jordan Pickford nearly enough. No. Now, can I ask you something about the McKinney chance? Yeah. Because obviously in real time, like the rest of you, I sort of recoiled in horror as that ball went, you know, 20 feet over the top of the net. Right. And I'm watching the replays. I'm going to need your expertise on this. Sure. A ball that comes in with that kind of pace, yeah. there's a good amount of pace on it, that short hops him, that kind of skips up about a yard in front of him. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's more difficult than we maybe understand. A hundred percent. It is much more difficult. But, and, and also a difficult aspect to it as well is that it's coming, he's in bodies. He's surrounded by traffic and that makes it a little bit more difficult. But Andrew, like, you know, we're not talking about some guy who plays for um, whoever in the USL. We're talking about a center midfielder who's got a name for goals uh, for Juventus. And you kind of expected him to do better. Just at least work Pickford. Keep it down. Keep it on frame. Uh, and he didn't. And it was, um, it was, it was disappointing. It, it was disappointing. That's at that level, Andrew, that's a great chance. You're right. I mean, I think at the least what you would like is for that to, like you said, work the goalkeeper, get that on frame um, and allow the pace of the pass to do the work for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. You just no, have to kind of get your foot on it. You don't need to smash it. You have like, to guide uh, it with the inside of your foot. You're right. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that was kind of my takeaway from that moment. I sort of looked over at my dad and I was just like, ah, like it's England. You can't, we're not going to get too many of these chances. Now we wound up actually from then on, we kind of kicked on and we're pretty good. But in that moment, my, my feeling was like, we, that may be the only chance that we get in this game. Cause that's sometimes how the U S operates against these bigger teams. Um, but then sure enough, the pressure continued. Um, like you said, JJ, uh, 29th minute, again, good work from Weston McKinney to keep possession, uh, got the ball to uh, Eunice Musa, whose shot was deflected right into the arms of Pickford. I mean, that's a dangerous one. That ball could have been, I think it was off John Stone's, could have been deflected anywhere. Uh, England were fortunate once again. Um, and you started to feel Weston McKinney really coming into this game. 33rd minute, like there, this was the moment. Great from McKinney going forward. That turn that you talked about gets it to Pulisic, who fires one off the bar. You know, I'm thinking about McKinney's 
turn on that incident, I'm thinking about Christian Pulisic in the second half going to the corner flag for one of the corner kicks, nodding his head. I'm thinking about um, a few minutes after the the McKinney turn, you had um, Tim Way as back heel. The thing that I keep thinking of through this game is that, okay, the goals didn't come, but confidence. Like these guys, like we've watched enough of this U.S. team now to sort of know them like we know the back of our hand. We know when they're feeling themselves. We know when they're down on themselves. This was one of those games where I think the U.S. sort of kind of realized we can play with anyone like you could see that they were feeling good out there the way that this game was going unfortunately again like with Wales we talked about how it's it's sad that we could play so well and they could not play so well and it could still be a 1-1 draw I guess the same kind of applies here it's a little bit frustrating that the U.S. could be feeling good like that and it still doesn't result in goals so Uh, glass half full glass half empty I guess pick from that whatever you whatever you choose to yeah 100 percent um we just had a comment there from from James Stewart who wanted us to talk about and and this is this is key to the game for me how our midfield overwhelmed Rice Bellingham and and uh, and well Henderson when he came on but it was Rice and Bellingham initially I I thought I thought Musa McKenney if you look at I, I can't remember the stats but somewhere midway through the second half I think Musa had like seven Musa and Wea had between them fourteen recoveries seven each something something like that. Um, forced recoveries, first forced turnovers. Um, I got to get my terminology right, but but I thought that midfield we absolutely swamped them, and it started with the front two. We didn't give them easy passing lanes. We cut off the supply to Declan Rice. Declan Rice's stock and trade against Iran was getting on the ball and playing those sometimes square passes or often sometimes those passes that will take out two or three players. And he did that once in the first half against the US and it cut us open, but it was the only time he was allowed to do that. Jude Bellingham was harassed all over the field by our midfield and our energy was so much higher than theirs. I don't know if you noticed, but we seem to be able to keep going and keep going. We did tire in the second half. I understand that. But we were much, much better than them in midfield. And we won that midfield battle. Again, the frustration is that that did not turn itself into a huge amount of chances. Um, If we look at the look at the uh, XG, you know, um, now one of the deflected shots uh, had a downgraded XG at the end of the game. But if you look, we had uh, England had 55 percent of the possession. the U.S. 44, England had eight shots, um, the U.S. had 10, and the XG for England was 0.54. The XG for the United States was 0.61. You just, you have to create more. You have to, you have to work the goalkeeper more. I mean, I'll sound like a broken record, but, but these are the facts. I'm thinking about the chances in this game. If we were to compare them, um, McKinney's that were, that was fired high over the top of the goal, Polisic off the crossbar versus I'd say Kane's that was deflected by Zimmerman. And I would put Kane's header right at the end of the game. Who like to me, I still kind of feel like the the quality of chance was probably tipped a little bit in England's favor. Although Mm -hmm. they maybe didn't, they, they, there was certainly not an overwhelming number of them. Um, I don't know how I feel. I'd have to go back. Like we're doing this, like literally straight after the game. We didn't even get to watch uh, Fox's no. uh, thirty-second highlights over dance music. We didn't get to any of that. 
So, um, so I can't, I can't remember everything, but I'm, I'm just drawn on the notes I have. Oh, I, Mason I, Mount had a shot at the end of the first half. That was, it was shot hard, low. Matt Turner was all over. He did a great job. Matt Turner was great tonight. I thought, I can't think of anything. Was, I think that was the only time Matt Turner went full length in the game. Uh, yeah, definitively. So he, he's, I mean, again, like he's, for me, he's leaving no doubt that we were kind of like, we had always sort of felt like he should be it. And I think he's, he's proving that. And by the way, all of our fears, okay, he's a great shot stopper. We all agreed on that, but what's he going to be like with his feet? Looks, looks good to me. Looked, looked confident at times, overly confident. Yeah, when he's 22 yards from goal with players all around him, <laughs> like, okay, dude, pass it, please. Now, now. Can I, can I go back in time and just take ourselves out of this game for a second? Is there another player uh, who started at such a low level, being number one on not the sports set, uh, center top ten, to 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 a World Cup performance, uh, shutting out England. I, I, mean, I th- those are very specific requirements that you've asked me to uh, stay within. I don't know if if I can think of another not <laughs> top ten number one who's played against England. Like I don't but know. But you saw you saw the you saw what got him number one and not. The yeah, top it was 10. a horrifying moment. Yeah, and look how far he's come. He's our boy. It's just it's it's brilliant. And um uh, my friend who who was a goalkeeper decent level back home texted me during the game and said he was very impressed by Turner. And you know, living in America and supporting American soccer, that's the validation I constantly crave. Mm. You you feed off of that. You've done it. Um Second half, I thought the game kind of, it maybe settled in a little bit. Uh, England maybe kicked on in a few moments, had us, maybe that, that might just be my own personal psyche of, of nerves that as this, as the clock grew later and later into the game, I just inherently get more and more nervous with every push forward. But all in all, I mean, aside from, you know, we talked about the Walker Zimmerman bad pass in the 92nd minute, just like, yikes, why gifted them a set piece? Yeah, um, there weren't too many moments, though, of really, you know, of England really threatening to do damage. And, and when even when Grealish got sprung off the bench, you thought, oh, he's going to run at some tired fullbacks. Didn't didn't really do that much, although we had some some good tactical fouls uh, out the field that made sure he wasn't able to do very much. I thought Tyler Adams again. Timothy's just reminded me here. Thanks, great. Timothy. Timothy Schmidt. How great is Tyler Adams? I thought he was. Oh, up. my God, man. I, he's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And he's got that. I don't want, I hate the, to the term swagger. I, I don't like Why? it. I, I just don't like it because his attitude, he's snarling. He is, um, he's, first of all, he's omnipotent. He gets around so much. Him tracking back on Saka. When Anthony Robinson in the second half got caught high up the field, not his fault, it's going to happen. His tracking back and a slide tackle in the penalty box. That it, makes you think of former Leeds players. Makes you think of David Batty. Makes you think of like players like Roy Keane. Makes you think about even Luis Enrique when he played center midfield. Like that, that is, this guy is, he is so good. And you know, if you were watching the midfield tonight, you think of how much they're talking about Declan Rice going for if he's going to leave uh, West Ham, like between 75 and 100 million. You're talking about 120 million for Jude Bellingham. This guy was an absolute steal for Leeds United. And he's he's in that bracket of centre midfielder. He's by far our best player. His, uh, the, that slide tackle you talked about when Anthony Robinson was pushing forward, Class. which by the way, 
I was okay with. Like, I don't think that that was a moment where Anthony Robinson got exposed, you know, being no, reckless. No, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah, like, I think that he was doing the right thing trying to push forward. It just, a, a turnover occurred, and all of a sudden, like, it's it's why Anthony Robinson can do that. That's what people need to understand, is like, our fullbacks can push forward because Tyler Adams does these things. I thought the play that you're referencing there is the sneaky play of the game. I mean, that was such a, that was a potential, yes, that was a genuinely potentially frightening moment. And he just, he's got it covered. He can go to ground in the box and you still feel comfortable. He's, he's all things, man. He's, he's just a great player. He's exactly what this team has needed for so long. Andithan just tweeted, uh, the MLS quarter is killing English football. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Oh, and, and, you know, like from a purely like sports rivalry, tribal kind of, kind of place it's great now right at the end of the game England were booed off the the field by their supporters uh, one thing I couldn't understand how have we bought more how have Americans bought more tickets per country uh we're second in that table we were ahead of everyone except the hosts and yet England outnumbered us tonight in in the Albat Stadium I don't because it's a pretty simple explanation JJ go ahead how many people that live in the United States that are soccer crazed support the u.s how many of them are mexican fans oh you've how, like demographed me there andrew i mean like and it's not i mean i say mexico because that's the one that we see the most frequently but like there are diehard fans that live in the united states of nations all around the world um so that does not that does not surprise me uh in the least yeah yeah but but i would like to give props to the u.s fans that were there like i'm sure you guys spent a fortune to get there um, you, you decided to go to a world cup that from a host nation perspective was not necessarily the most appealing one, but you created an atmosphere tonight. Like they, those fans, maybe there were, maybe England fans were outnumbered you, but those U S fans were heard in that stadium. Uh, you could tell the players were feeding off of it. Like I said, the way Polisic was nodding towards the fans as he was going to take the corner kicks props, man. Like I thought, I thought the fans have showed up and, and you were great. You were great there. Uh, Fabian West how this is a two-parter here we're going to do Fabian and we're going to do I wonder is that the Fabian I was talking about who lives in Williamsburg lives in Williamsburg <laughs> yeah it doesn't have a TV maybe yeah uh, how do they fix the problem of not converting chances simply creating more chances against Iran um who I was it just we, we started would, this podcast JJ with a message from somebody saying not having a, a great striker is hurting us like yeah, I think that but, that's part of it that's part of it too but if if there was a move to I I don't I think I think our problem is is even just before the chance creation our chances if you were to pick the quintessential chance at 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 the US across this game uh, for the U- US at this World Cup across this game and the first game it would be when Shaq Moore at the end towards the end of that game got to the byline and cuts one back and an English defender clears. We're not even getting the big chance. We're just shy of creating the big chance. Yeah. And the XG reflects that. It's, so it's, 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 it's even more complicated than that. It's not just about having a striker. It's about getting the ball into that striker in the most advantageous position possible. Um, Trevor uh, Joachim, is the lack of warm-up matches time together before the World Cup at fault for the lack of chances are just this bad. I don't think the warm-up has much to do with it because if you go back to September, across the Saudi Arabia and the Japan game, we had one shot on target. You know, so this has been a problem for a while. This like, is what, who they are. We talked about yeah. it all through qualifying. Yeah. 
we don't score many goals. It's just in this team's DNA right now. There's, there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, but if you're suddenly expecting like a, a three goal outburst or, or even two against a team like England, like that's right now, that doesn't feel like who they are. I'm not saying it's impossible. Um, but like, that's at this point, I can't, I can be disappointed by it, but I can't be surprised by it anymore. I, I don't know if David Vernal's listens to the pod or he just follows us, but he's from Manchester. He's a Preston North End supporter. This is the English view coming in now. All in all, England will take that. And I would respond as if you have a choice. <laughs> of course, very complacent. Felt like USA were in a cup final. They were always going to be up for it. Changes were very uninspired from Southgate. Then again, it's a group game. It won't matter too much for England once they're in a knockout game. I would say fundamentally it does matter though because it's it's such a poor performance from the guys that he consistently goes to. And if they're going to be like this against the US, what are they going to be like against better opposition in the knockout stages? Like they are, they're not very good. And I think they've got very good players. And and it comes back to me, the manager is just he's so he's so conservative it's uh yeah i mean yeah he is we saw that today um i don't know i can't i guess i'm having a little bit of a hard time with england because like four days ago they scored six i know uh, but like I and think... iran who we then thought were crap beat wales today two nil who wales they may very well be crap but i iran clearly aren't as crap as we may have thought they were a few days ago when england scored six against them. So like, I think some of that, I think some of what he touched on in his point, yeah, Southgate is conservative. We, we, we do know that, but I think also the point that he makes that this was a cup final for the U S there were a lot of guys on this field today that didn't have chips on their shoulder. We're talking about like boulders, mountains on their shoulder, all these, all Anthony Robinson, who, who is, who is English, English birth Polisic, obviously who's ground zero of the Chelsea debates between American fans and British Chelsea fans. You've got Aronson and Adams who play in England, Tim Ream, who spent his most of his career in England. Like these guys had something to prove today. So I do think that there is something with the U S came out there and just played to a level that maybe England wasn't necessarily expecting. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that. I, I, I think, uh, I think, I think the U S had a game plan to stop England playing, call out their center midfielders, win the midfield battle. They did that and they were the better side, albeit yet again, not creating a preponderance of chances to make them go on and win the game or to be utterly dominant, dominant in the game. Um, uh, Shaolin Schmoog, maybe Wales are just not that good. I know we're bouncing around. Wales aren't that good. That's the, that is, should we, Heaven forbid, should we go out against Iran? That will be the thing that will rattle round inside in my brain is that we should have beaten Wales. And I don't give two shiny shites about anyone that says Kiefer Moore changed the game in the second half. They were marginally better in the second half. They won the XG in the second half. But as we said before, there was time and again when we were on the break while they pushed high up the field and we could not execute, like I said, that final pass to cut them over. That will haunt me if uh, not beating Wales is the reason. Like, Alexi Lalas has been, he's been something on Fox for for the opening week of, of the World Cup, that's for sure. And he's divided opinion. But what he said was true at full time here. We should be sat on four points. Yeah, yeah. He's right. He is right about that. Um, so there is going to be this kind of feeling of nervousness 
and frustration until the, the job is done. I think the next few days building up to this Iran match is going to be, it's going to be very nerve wracking. And I think we need to factor in again, like Iran in the first game, there's so much going on in Iran right now. It's, it's amazing. Like the, 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 you see the atmosphere at the start of the Welsh game for the anthem. These, this is a team that is completely, um, I don't know. It's it was it was torn apart against England, um, and then it was brought together against Wales. And there is there is a, a a wind or a wave carrying Iran right now. And quite apart from that, they they I mean I think they should have the fact that they beat Wales so late was unfortunate for Wales, but they were by far and away the better team. And um, there's a real chance that Iran versus the US, with both teams needing to, needing the win to secure. It could be like a basketball game. It could be back and forth. It, it might be one of those games we look back and look back on in the future and think, wow, that was that was one of the great US games at a World Cup, one of the great US games of all time, one of the most exciting. Um, unless Carlos Quiroz reverts to <laughs> reverts to the usual Quiroz ball and uh, and tries to stifle um Iran. But I, I I look, a lot of people are saying I would bite your hand off to have gone into the last game against Iran, needing to win to go through. I understand that point of view, but the way I feel is should have done the business against Wales. There's no two ways about it for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. That feeling is inescapable right now, although I'm going to, I'm going to try to suppress that feeling until we actually know how this all plays out. If this well, plays out with the U S not advancing, then yeah, we can, we can certainly go back and have that conversation, but I'm not there yet. Uh, but I, I get it. I certainly, I certainly do get it. Um, a couple other things, JJ. Christian Pulisic, I just saw, was named man of the match for this one. Agree, disagree. I might have um, leaned. Geez. I might have leaned Adams. Uh, oh, McKinney, I, I think. I think you can make a shot for Weston McKinney. I think Pulisic, uh, car- uh, Pulisic carried a great threat. Um, he had a number of slaloming runs. I, th- you know, I, I thought he was good, but I, I would have gone Adams. I thought McKinney in flashes, even though he tired in the second half, but on his first half performance alone. I thought Musa was very good too. I know that tackle at the end is going to stick in people's minds, though. That was yeah. ridiculous. I personally, I go with Adams. Um, I think I would too, but I get it. I, I wouldn't. It's not one that I would fight anybody over if they said no. It's Pulisic. Yeah, I, I get that. He was he was threatening throughout the course of this match. Like I said, I thought even though his his set pieces didn't connect, I thought that they were pretty good for the most part. And on a different day, they might have. Um, so I got no issues with that. Um, a couple of, of the other lightning rod points that we have to get to. I guess first, we haven't really addressed the lineup change. There was only one today, and it was Haji Wright going in in place of Josh Sargent uh, up top. Uh, I mean, boy, remember like remember all the way back when, JJ, when we all just were sort of resigned to the fact that Jesus Ferreira would be starting up top for the U.S.? Like, yeah. oh, well, that's right. That was two weeks ago. Like, <laughs> that's just like, what? But what What's is Greg supposed to do? Which one of my strikers who don't score shall I play? I mean, that's sort of how it feels, I suppose. Um, I mean, I had sent, I think it was you, I had sent my my proposed lineup today was to have the uh the four, two, three, one. Maybe and and in that lineup, I was a little bit worried about like I was trying to balance the idea of okay, this is a huge game and I want the US to go for it, but by the same token, I'm also trying to like have that jive with the fact that the Iran game is actually going to be the one of greater import to what the U S goes on to do. So I'm a little worried about the guys on yellows. So I, in my proposed lineup beforehand for whatever it's worth, I had sat Weston McKinney got Brendan Aronson in there 
double pivot with Musa and Adams in oh. uh, in a in a two as a shield to the back four. Oh, conservative um, Andy. I went conservative Andy. Uh, those those things didn't happen today, and I think I don't I don't think the U.S. suffered for it. Like I said, Tyler Adams kind of did the job of two men back there over the course of today. But like if if it's about getting goals from that striker position up front, I feel like we're kind of getting to a place where we got to just we got to find a different way. Whether it's right, Sergeant Ferreira. Uh, I don't know. I don't know uh, what G- the answer is. G Tilkins makes the point. JJ, how are the strikers going to score the balls they don't get? That was my whole fucking point earlier. That's that's the whole shooting match. Like, it's not as if there's balls pinging in round there, right on, and the striker whiffs it, or the striker doesn't make a good connection, or he's not in the right place. The the ball isn't getting there. That's true. Yeah. That's that is that is the point. And it's uh, but is, but are they in any way responsible for that? Is there anything to the fact that like? Is a run not being made? Are they positionally not in the places that they should be? Should they be coming deeper to try to get themselves into the game? I think Sargent can do that. I don't know if that's necessarily what some of these other... Maybe Haji Wright can do that too. I don't know. Well, let's, but let's go through it quickly then. Um, on the corners, there was like... Maguire was dominating that space. Where was our striker challenging him? There was one that came... Remember that one that came right across and Pickford flicked it on his fingers? But there wasn't a US player close. Why isn't there a US player attacking that ball? right there so yeah. so that's that's part of it too um uh, let me think of the other chances again yeah the 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 double dest non-cross early on in the game when we put together lovely moves down the right and he doesn't the cross hits the first defender like that's nothing got to do with uh, a striker now the one that comes in when um uh, when McKenney slashes at it, it goes over the bar the one we're talking about that is certainly that's down to a a technical breakdown or where he just doesn't get his foot, uh, doesn't get his body over the ball. I mean, remember but, too, the first cross that came in in this game did connect with Haji, right? He put it wide. I, that to me, that is one of those, uh, what would you call it? It's not even a half chance. He, he he's if you, if you look at the replay, he's well beyond that near post. He done well to get a connection on it at all, but it wasn't close to going in. It was just a no. nice move that kind of settled us into the game a bit. But um, yeah, like I will still keep saying it where that final pass, that final moment is just not happening for us. It, I am praying we explode in that sense against Iran. Um, but then I worry about them on the break. I've just, I'm just worried. I've turned into you. So well, I think if there's ever a time in life to worry, it's, it's a world cup. Cause like the mistakes that get made now reverberate for four years. It's as simple as that. So like, yeah. if you're not worried now, then you don't have a pulse. Like that's just, that's just how it works in tournaments like this. Um, yeah. And then, so Haji Wright was obviously the one lightning rod point. The other one, JJ, I don't know. I don't know what to think. My, my world is upside down. I'm, I'm spinning out of control. I need guidance. I need help. Go on. Let's talk about Giorena for a sec. So he didn't play the other day. Jordan yeah. Morris did. Everything that I had heard uh, indicated that Reina is in some way, he is hurt more than we understand. Um, again, today, yeah, and then before this game, it comes out that he's fine and it was a coach's decision as to why he did not play the other night. Uh, then today, the first wave of substitutions get made. No Reina. He finally does come on in the 83rd, I believe it was, to give the U.S. 10 minutes at the end. I mean, look, I saw some people saying when the U.S. made the statement that it was a coach's decision as to why he didn't play, um, you know, kind of saying to me, you doubled down on the fact that he was hurt, but this is what they're saying. Look, I, I know what's being said. 
I still believe what I believe. And I don't know what's going to change my mind at this point because I know how good he is. And I mean, look, if we come to find out if there's some way to definitively prove that he is fully fit and the U.S. chose to go with Jordan Morris over Gio Reyna the other night, and then today against England, they chose to A, not start him, B, not bring him in with the first wave of subs, C, wait until there was only 10 minutes left in this game to bring him on, and you're still going to tell me that he's fully fit. If we can, if that can be proven, then you're, then I have been wrong all along. I've been wrong all along, and I'll join all of the, the Triple G haters on this point. I just personally can't get to that place where I believe that because I know how damn good he is. It so, doesn't make sense to me that he wouldn't be used in a larger role if he was fully fit. There's no, there's no alternate universe. There's no reality where he's not playing more if he's fully fit. That's just how I feel. No one can, no one can change my mind why, on this. But why then does, does Greg do the coach's flex at the presser the other day and say, oh, it was a coach's decision. After, me- after explicitly mentioning mus- muscular tightness after the Wales game, why not just say straight off after the Wales game, hey, didn't want to play him. I didn't think the game state was right for him. That's it. Don't, like, don't contradict yourself. Give, what is the line here? He's injured I don't or he's know. not. I don't know. And I don't know who it serves. Like, I don't know if, if it serves a certain person for us to believe that he's healthy or not healthy. Like my mind, unfortunately is too feeble to understand like how all of that would work and like what motives there would be to suggesting one thing or another. I don't know. All I know is what my eyes tell me about that guy's skill level. And if he's not playing, like, like I said the other night, what are you saving these guys for? We're here now. This is it. So like, that's the only thing that I can lean back on and and the little bits of information that get out uh, I, I do believe that there's a fitness issue attached to this. Like I said, I don't know. The U.S. may continuously say there's not, but they let us know a little bit, at least the other day, that there is something. It's just, I, it's just where I'm at with this. I think with the game stretch, just as you expected Jack Grealish to do something when he came in being the creative player, I think, I think Reina should have come on sooner. I think he would have given, he would have given the 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 English something different to think about. And also a guy in those, in those moments where games are stretched, who can keep the ball. It's invaluable. I, I tend to side with you, Andrew. I am giving, uh, we're, again, this, this episode should be sponsored by American, the American Egg Association because we are stepping on Greg shells. I tend to think that there, like, I'm giving benefit of the doubt to Greg. He, he's got to have some medical concern not to play him. There's no explanation otherwise because he should absolutely be more involved. That's I, where I go with that. Yeah. A lot of people are just uh, saying on the man of the match issue uh, how good Harry Maguire was. Is it time to give him his flowers? He's having a good tournament. He's having a good tournament. He might have saved – I mean, again, there are certain moments in a, in a game – that you may not ever fully understand how dangerous they were because they weren't allowed to materialize. Like we talked about when Tyler Adams got back to, to cover for Anthony Robinson. I think the same could be said for Maguire's header as uh, on the corner kick when Walker Zimmerman was poaching the back post. It was a great ball played in that Maguire was able to clear. Uh, so, you know, I, yeah, I think uh, for all of the shtick that he gets, like with Zimmerman, if we're going to point out the bad, we got to point out the good. I think I think English fans probably have to do the same with Maguire. I don't think you can see too many too many areas of criticism right now. No. So I, I'll give him props for that. JJ, while you're looking for for more comments, can I play a quick game with you right now? Oh, you know I love the game. Because I think every anyone can relate. I don't know if anybody joined late and I'm wondering where the hell is Andrew right now? What is going on in that room? I'm in my parents' basement. 
And I think we can all relate to what a parent's basement is. Like I can just, I want to play a game, JJ, called what exactly is in this basement. Boom. Okay. Because we so, all have parents who have basements that have just random S. Do you want and me to do it uh, or do you want the animals to do it in the comments? Well, I mean, if, so like I would say this is one of the ultimate things that one might find in a parent's basement. JJ, what parent basement doesn't have a, a bushel of fake flowers? This is a None. staple of all all homes from a certain era. And And this is your mom when your dad says, oh, throw them out. And then uh, she, let's see. Look, oh my God. Ugh. Here's an old copy of uh, When Harry Met Sally on DVD. Absolutely. Okay, don't throw that out. Keep it. Uh, let's see. What else can be found in my parents' basement? My original PS1 is this is all just within arm's length of me. Like, oh, imagine what other treasures can be found down here. That's good stuff. That, yeah, yeah, I, the PS1 works. This, the, the, like I told you, there's an industrial size dehumidifier in the corner. Like, this thing is probably filled with water. Is there a mini fridge? there was i don't see a mini fridge i mean obviously there's lots of like baby related things that will just go collect dust there for for generations to come i'm sure exercise bike um, used as a clothes hanger no 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 if it were mine it would this is my dad's trust me that thing gets used oh he, he can he could spin circles around me encyclopedia it's, britannica it's <laughs> I don't see one of those here. Speaking of my dad, you know what he uh, so with this World Cup has brought a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of interest from my family in this tournament. And so for Tiny the first bit. time, for the first time in their lives, they're listening to this podcast that I've spent the oh, last eight and a no. half years hosting. And so, you know, what, my dad, I, I debated telling you this because I'm afraid of what's about to happen here. Oh, no. But you know what he said to me um, when I got home? Uh, I got back here late Wednesday night and we were talking for a little bit. And he said, um you know, I got to say that uh, that JJ has just an amazing command of the English language. Oh, John, Johnny boy. I say that's true. He's uh, he's very well read. He's very proud of his uh, his vocabulary. I'm not even. I but just, you know, what's funny. My dad, he, he caught, my dad caught himself. But um, but he almost he as he started his sentence, he had to stop himself because he almost came out with it by saying, for someone who English isn't their first language, and then he remembered that, oh yeah, just because your accent is Irish, it is English that you're. Did he say that? <laughs> I said, were you going to say English isn't his first language? Oh, that's classic America, brain. Wow. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes. This um, language and begins and ends with an American accent. Anything else from this game, Andrew? Because we should probably mention some other football matches that been. Uh... Uh, oh, Casey Adkins. Oh, no, I can see JJ's head getting bigger. On, honestly, I won't be able to get out the door. And now ga- I, uh, <laughs> I've got the moniker old verbose JJ. <laughs> I mean, you've probably been, we're only just realizing now you've probably been forcing Darcy to refer to you that around your apartment for the last several years. Oh, Royalty 95 is old learned JJ. Uh, old erudite JJ. Yeah, pretty good. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pretty good. I like all these. A uh, couple of quick ones. Shaq Moore over Yedlin and Scally. That was a choice. Didn't see that coming. Me neither. I was really surprised when he popped up. I don't think he did well either. No, I, I don't mean, either. He had a he had a tried to make a pass down the uh, the near side of the field that did not connect. Then committed a foul to compound it. Um, I mean, look, he wasn't on that long, but no, I would say his impact was not was not necessarily positive. Seemed like he had a couple opportunities maybe to play in across. Um, chose not to, and then those possessions kind of petered out. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, if 
again, like the scallywags, they'll look at this and say, come on, man, like you brought them. Now you got to use them. I kind of felt that way too. Look, I, I'm a, Shaq Moore won me over after his Gold Cup performance. I thought he was really strong, but I was a little surprised to see him included on the team. Um, I will say this, Scally is one thing. Uh, it, I was I was okay with him playing today over Yedlin. I did not think Yedlin was great the other day when he came Yedlin on. In looked- general, I don't think Yedlin has really been uh, has been great for this team. Scally's no. the one that I think could be a potential wild card that I wouldn't mind seeing get a chance in. But there. I'd love to talk to Greg and say, you know, uh, hey Greg, how you doing? That's how it opened. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between like why is Yedlin and Shaq Moore a better option to bring in than Scally? Like what fundamentally break that one down for me. How is that the hierarchy? Yeah. Um that's fair. I, I'm sh- I'm sure he has an answer for that. I I don't know that I do. Um I wouldn't yeah, I I wouldn't mind seeing that. JJ, I'm just kind of scrolling through Twitter here. Um obviously, you know, we're we're referencing Bearhalter right now, so it seems like a good time to bring up this tweet that I see from um at Eric Krakauer, who says, What are Bearhalter's detractors going to criticize him about after this? Um uh, I don't know if he means that in a in a very pro bear halter way. Well, it sounds pro pro GB, sounds right? Pro, yeah, but I, I'm taking that as more. I guess I'm taking more of an unbiased, objective approach. Where and I'm gonna, I'll genuinely ask the question, not trying to vouch for one side or the other. Coming out of this game, what would the bear halter detractors' number one criticisms be of, of Triple G? I think I think the substitutions, uh, the changes. And if they were being particularly picky, they'd say the starting of uh, of of Hadji right out the in, blue instead of who? Yeah, well, exactly. But th- they would say that it's incoherent that all of a sudden he's starting. Why? Why not Ferreira? If you've thought to bring him, if you've thought to use him more often, let me tell you something about the Triple G detractors. They're not calling for Jesus Ferreira. I think we at least know that. Who are they, who are they calling? I mean, they'll all they they will the hyper focus from the Triple G detractors will be on um Gio Reyna. We know that. And I think the yeah. other the other point of contact will be um will probably be the substitutions and Shaq Moore. Th- that's what I would say. Because like you can't say from a tactical standpoint we didn't do well. We 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 stopped England and we the the part of their midfield that flourished against Iran was shut down. And that is a big don't let anyone tell you that's not a good thing that the U.S. have done tactically today. And we had brilliant performances from that that uh, that triumvirate in midfield. We look good in the four four two. We look good in attack, except for the crucial points of an, an, an attack, the, the final the final pass and finishing. Um, I, I don't think it'll be a rough night for for Triple G in terms of uh, the heat he's going to take. I think you underestimate the detractors. Yeah, no, they're there. I know they're there. And like, God knows we've been some of them. Like we flitted in and out with this guy. I I think that we're, I think we're kind of like, I think sometimes I definitely am painted with a, oh, he's pro triple G, triple G brush because I don't indiscriminately rip every move. I, I, at least the way I see it, like, I don't know. There's, I don't think every single thing he does is wrong. Right. And in this Gio Reyna situation, I'm choosing to, to kind of trust the I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt when the, the detractors will not. Um, that's so uh, if that's pro triple G, then oh, fair enough. I guess, uh, I guess I'll have to wear that. 
Shall we, uh, shall we look, before we get out, shall we look at a few other games of note over the past few days since last we pod? Well, real quick, before we entirely get out of this game, I just want to look a little bit at the England perspective. Oh, yeah, so, good point. Good point. Um, a couple things on England. First off, it's hard to do this because we're so kind of entrenched within USMNT culture. It's not hard for me. <laughs> but I'm saying if, if you remove yourself from knowing everything we know about this U.S. side and what our expectations are and what we think of this team, if you were an English fan who doesn't really know it, who, who came into this game not really knowing anything about them, what, what would your impression be of this team? It looked to me like a, a team, a, a slow, stodgy team, a team with some players that maybe at the end of the line, maybe towards the end of their England careers. No, no, no. I mean, what would your impression be of the U.S.? Before, if, oh, if you were um, an English fan that came into this game not really knowing much about them, oh, I recognize a couple names here and there, and then you saw them play today, would you come out of this game thinking, oh, they're actually pretty good, or would yes. you be, or would you be more of the we're crap, that team's not that good, and we let them off the hook? I'm just wondering which way England fans are going right now. Well, England fans will go that way; they'd be loath to give the U.S. very much credit, and that's <laughs> why they didn't at the end. the The booing at the end was almost an attempt to seize the narrative. If you if you boo on mass at the end against your team, then it's very clear that your upset is with their performance and not um, giving much credit to the opposition. So I mean that would be absolutely their take. Um, but I think I think it's probably the truth is somewhere in the middle. I I, I definitely thought that the um, I thought that England were poor, Andrew. Like at to create so little against the US to get at them so little. Like how many times did they create moves that cut? Um, cut the United States open. Not enough for a team yeah, of that quality. Few. Sterling looks Mount. Mount was, I suppose, he forced that save from Turner, but Mount looked poor. Sterling looked poor. Sterling certainly doesn't look like a guy. JJ, who's... when he when he came off, I mean, I looked at my dad and said he did nothing. Like, did but, we did we even hear his name mentioned? Ver, no, hardly at all. Hardly at all. I also thought. If it's working to get the ball to Saka, get the ball to Saka. And they weren't able to do that. Now, part of that was shutting down the passing lanes and making sure Rice and, and Bellingham couldn't function, which was very good from the US. But even still, um, and some of the best passes, the two best passes played by any English player in the first half were played by uh, um, Maguire, who had two big switches to play to Shaw on the left-hand side. Um, incoherent, not very good. Yeah, Newman makes a good point. Uh, just I, I know I'm going back to the US again. Dest was pissed to get taken off. Dest was absolutely livid. I'd be curious to hear from Bearhalter as to what that was all about. Um, I think I had no problem with him coming off in that spot. He's on a yellow. You know, there was what was there ten minutes to go or so yeah. when that substitution was made. Um, I was generally fine with it. I also don't mind a player who is who's fighting to stay on. I'm, I'm generally okay with that too. To me, it's a non-issue, but I'd be curious to hear if there was anything, anything to that, that maybe is more than meets the eye. I don't know. Um, one thing on England, I will say this, uh, kind of a first for me today in getting to experience Harry Kane from the other side, uh, and sort of feeling, I guess, what opposing, like I've, I've supported him his entire career as a Tottenham player. Um, I will say he didn't do very much today, No, but, but like in, in watching him when he's on the ball, I'm instantly nervous. Not usually how I feel watching him play. Um, you know, he, you can see his ability to pick a pass. The U S obviously keyed in on him. It felt like they, they had a body on him pretty much throughout. 
uh, and they they tried to limit anything that he was going to be able to provide. But having said that, the two biggest opportunities of the game came from his foot sure. and his head. So even in a game where the U.S. are doing all they possibly can to stifle him, he's going to find his chances. And you just have to hope that either the ball goes wide like it did on the header or someone throws themselves in front of it like Walker Zimmerman did on his chance in the first 10 minutes of this game. So he's he is very much that like now I see a little bit like what, what an opposing fan will feel when they're facing him. You're nervous. You're nervous all the time when he's near the ball. Sure. Absolutely. Um, um, before, yeah. I mean, if we're going to have a discussion about other games at the World Cup now, Andrew, mm-hmm. would you like to wax lyrical about uh, Richarlison? The floor is yours. I mean, like, shut it down. Goal of the tournament. It's it's sewn up. It's decided. It's one of the it's one of the great World Cup goals. Not at Qatar twenty twenty two. It's one of the great World Cup goals that I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, so terrible just, first touch made it made made it what it was though. I guess I didn't think the first touch was that bad. He played no, he, the ball is flying. Up. I'm I'm being slightly facetious. The ball is flying at him and it pops up, but it the popping up allows him to do to create a worldie. Oh, what a goal! It was incredible. It's just like what you, I mean, I don't know. It's cliche to say it, but whatever you're a kid and you just, you dream of that, of doing something like that on a stage like that. Unbelievable. Goal of the tournament. If something tops it, I hope something does, because that means that we're going to be treated to just like another of the greatest goals we've ever seen in our lifetimes. Cause that was, uh, that was sensational. Unfortunately, the big takeaway from that, yeah. I mean, I, I guess Richarlison's goal is the big one of the big takeaways, but it's it's more so Neymar leaving again with an injury. He was fouled constantly. Um, I think I saw a statistic, JJ, 10 times he was fouled by, was it Columbia back in 2014, were the most that a player's been fouled in a World Cup match. Second on that list were the nine times that he was fouled in this World Cup match and unfortunately he's got an ankle injury that apparently does have some level of ligament damage he's out for the remainder of the group stage so is that's all they're saying for now I would think though that his absence could be extended beyond that Um, at the very least he might be reduced to a substitute role boy that's it sucks we talked I mean he's a generational talent and here we are yet again in another moment where we're forced to confront Neymar not being available for big games through injury. It's, it's kind of becoming one of the, the unfortunate storylines of, of one of the great soccer careers. And it's going to be interesting to see how Brazil react to that because it kind of brings me in mind of the conversation I had with Tim Vickery last week about Brazil going into this and how he thinks it was a mistake not to bring uh, Roberto Firmino and <clears throat> what that's going to mean now. So like what changes do they make to the attack? How, how is this, how is this attack recalibrated? Um, who's going to play uh, centrally there in that position? I, I don't know. Um, it's it's going to be very, very, very interesting to see what Chiche does. But um, <laughs> Serbia went from the, from the very beginning. Andrew Pavlic comes out and like kicks him twice. Pavlic got a, a yellow card after like five minutes. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it. Richarlison's goal was great and everything, but the talk is all about how they'll they'll cope without um, without Neymar. The other games from yesterday, there was obviously Uruguay nil, South Korea nil, which that was a game that happened. That was a game that happened, and even I mean, Fede Valverde ca- rocked the post with like a twenty-five yard laser late in that one. But that was game it that though. happened. Yeah, and Switzerland Cameroon wasn't great either. The Swiss got a got a late goal from uh, Breland Bolo, which was your first, I think, 
ever international or first World Cup non-celebration celebration. Yeah, scoring a goal in a World Cup against the country of your birth. That's a that's a tricky one. Yeah, you don't celebrate. And so uh, it, it looks so weird because it's something from the club culture we see all the time. It's weird to see it in a World Cup. Um, and then, of course, there was a game which was absolutely rancid up until the hour or just after the hour mark when Cristiano Ronaldo was given a penalty that was, for the life of me, not a penalty. But I guess he's a bit like Ryan Giggs when he won the PFA Player of the Year award. He's getting it for for lifetime achievement penalty. Um, I didn't, For it, what it's worth, I didn't think it was a penalty either. No. It was really soft. I saw some stuff on Twitter from various you know referee analysts saying that you can call it soft, but it is it is technically a penalty. I don't think uh, so. Then, then put, if that's the case, put me into the category of someone that says that is very soft. Yeah, very, very soft. Um, but then it kind of unleashed this this brilliant game, this absolutely incredible game uh, that that broke out for about a half an hour. So they went 1-0 up, and then uh, Andre Ayew uh, equalized in 73 minutes, and then João Felix on 78 put Portugal back ahead. And then uh, Rafael Leao on 80 minutes, that's 3-1. But no, it's not over. Bukhari headed home. Great goal, 89. And then Inaki Williams, right at the end, almost had what would have gone down as one of the great World Cup moments, but... He got too excited. Denied him. He slipped. He got too excited. Oh, but Andrew, he was going to score. There's no question. Oh, and it was so good. Now, I've seen that. Oh, I've, I think Robbie Keane's done that twice in his career. Once for Tottenham against Birmingham, where he pretended to t- sh- uh, tie his shoelaces. The goalkeeper forgot about him. He rolls it out, and Keane nips in around him and scores. But uh, for if Williams had done that against Portugal, and there's this great shot of Ronaldo on the sideline putting his hands in his head as it happens, that would have been just perfect. And And honestly, I think... Now, nah, maybe Ghana would have deserved something out of that game, but they got nothing. You are right, though, that we were robbed of one of the most thrilling moments in World Cup history. Can you just like, what if he did it? Yeah. What if he actually did it? I don't know how big into basketball you are, JJ, but I saw a lot of people tweeting that he almost Jose Alvarado'd him. It's this basketball player who's like, he's go like put his name in Twitter right now and you'll find compilation videos of him kind of like hiding in the backcourt and then sneaking up from behind and stealing balls away. Like that's become his signature move. So he yeah. almost did it. Yeah. Oh man. And in that moment, ah, another another talking point. Has there been a worse home nation team than Qatar? I mean, at least South Africa got a draw and a win against France. They missed out on around a 16 by goal difference. Yeah. Qatar have been wretched. They Um, scored a goal today and I actually thought they weren't as bad. They were not nearly as bad as they were in the opener. I mean, look, they'll shoot to the top of the list of worst performance by host nation that we've ever seen. But I actually thought today was not as embarrassed. The second half in particular was not, it was not an embarrassment. At least that's not the way I saw it. Okay. We're going to go back to Wednesday just for a sec here because uh, Morocco did a number on Croatia, nil-nil, tricky start for Luka Modric's men. Um, And then Japan Mm. two, Germany won. What a performance by the Japanese, particularly in the second half. Uh, That is a, in, in terms of the shocks of the tournament so far, that's up. That's it's up there. I think the Japanese are considered a better team than Saudi Arabia. Were yeah, prior this, to their, this is second place to the Saudi Arabian. Absolutely. And straight away, Hansi Flick and the German side are on the back. They're on the back foot uh, again at a tournament again, struggling against an Asian side. Um, 
And I mean, for a while they were dominant. I, I thought Germany were going to uh, were going to win this, but uh, uh, Takuma Ansel uh, Asano's goal was just. It was such a great finish. I know it was close in, and a lot of people are saying Neuer should have done better, but he's just absolutely roofed it. And a really brilliant goal. Rudiger and uh, and Sula. I said on the podcast prior to the World Cup that I kind of worried about um, Sula in the Sula-Rudiger partnership. I worry about both of them. They were, they were poor. Very, very poor. And Japan exposed them. And then, later in that day, uh, we saw... Well... We saw a representative of CONCACAF and I know we have to, for some reason, we have to be sad about all CONCACAF teams that lose. But um, yeah, Spain opened up in Costa Rica, 7-0. A total shellacking. Less said about that one, the better. It was, um, the golfing class was so big. It was, it was frightening, actually. Um, Costa Rica didn't manage a shot, nor a shot on target. No shots, nothing. Can anything and- be taken away from that from the Spanish perspective? No, nothing. Oh, okay. no. No, it was a, a... Spain looked very, very good. That's a great result. Well done. That Move on. There's nothing to be more to Seven be Seven goals. Yeah, I know, but Andrew, Costa Rica were... It, it looked like... It just looked like a team from another planet had come to play Spain. You know, they didn't look like they were f- footballers at all, which is it's such a shame because we know they have a proud soccer tradition in Costa Rica. I felt bad for them. And then... Well, we talk about deserve on the last podcast in relation to Argentina and uh, Saudi Arabia, and there is no deserve in soccer. And that's particularly true. Belgium falling, or sorry, Canada falling to Belgium 1-0 in a game that, oh. Canada were brilliant. They were so, they were very, very good. They were very, very good. I I do think there was a decision made in the game that, that is baffling and that will be regretted hugely. Why or why was Alfonso Davies taking that penalty? Yeah, that, that's, that's a fair question. Um, I just don't I understand it, Andrew. He's, he's not the regular penalty taker. He doesn't take penalties regularly for anyone. I don't, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, it's unfortunate because they, they certainly des- I mean, again, there is no deserve. They played well enough to at least have gotten a point. Really, should have won that game. Um, yeah, I don't know if if there are people around the world like we talked about when we previewed Canada coming in that thought, oh, that's adorable that Canada's back in a World Cup. Oh, that's that's nice. I mean, there were going to be a lot of people out there who were in for rude awakening, and you could see Canada were crushed when this is over. Um, I thought it was great of John Herdman to gather them at midfield and kind of rally, rally them the troops. Uh, afterwards because they, they needed that. And they, they sort of, you know, maybe they needed, they did need to be told in that moment. I'm sure their only focus was that they had just lost. But mm-hmm. I think that that game, if nothing else, the game sent a, a huge message that this is not just like, this is not some pushover in this tournament that like the powerhouses are going to be able to have fun with. Uh, they're really good. All of us here in this part of the world know this. But, you know, there's going to be some rude awakenings. Unfortunately, Belgium got that rude awakening, but Canada just, they weren't incisive enough to make them pay for it. And the other game of note was from today that we should mention. Um, we're going to do podcasts uh, next week, so we'll, we'll be wrapping up a lot of things and covering a lot of other countries outside of the U.S. But we should note the Netherlands 1-1 draw with Ecuador. Um, the Netherlands, they haven't looked good so far. The win against Senegal, okay, was fine wasn't a super performance. 
today, I know Cody Gakbo, that was a brilliant strike to open the scoring on six minutes. But I mean, Ecuador could have taken, they could have taken all three points in this game. Uh, the Dutch only had two shots, one shot on target in the entire match. Yeah. They don't look, they're just not flowing. And they don't look what we may, what, what we may have hoped they'd look. Um, Ecuador, full credit to them again, Andrew. They they look very, very good. And they were, they'll take a point. Um, it's probably a good result. Um, but I don't know. Um, Estupian again. Uh, Enter Valencia. They're a, they're a good side. And they really gave uh, Holland the full of it. And I think Ecuador are going to go through. Uh, it's going to come down to the final day, right? Yeah. As things stand right now, that, well, that right now is- there there's Netherlands and Ecuador are, uh, first and second respectively on four points. And then Senegal, uh, are on third with three, um, Senegal and Ecuador. Yeah. It's going to come yeah. down to that game, but that's yeah. uh, that, that group's been, been more interesting than I thought, uh, than we thought it would have Netherlands, certainly not running away with it. No, no, not yet. Uh, it's going to come down to, uh, it's going to come right down to the end. Should be, I mean, that, that final day is going to be thrilling. That's about all I got, uh, for this one, JJ, this game that we've waited all these months for it happened. It's over now. Before we leave Newman, our dear, dear friend asked JJ, do you celebrate Thanksgiving? What were we all drinking yesterday? And most importantly, favorite dish Newman. I do celebrate. Uh, I have a uh, longstanding ties to this country beginning with my grandfather. Um, so I knew about Thanksgiving. We didn't really celebrate it in Ireland, but when I come here, I, I get fully involved. Uh, stuffing is my mm. favorite. I love stuffing. And I had a lovely glass of red wine, a few glasses of red wine yesterday. It was, it was gorgeous. Andrew, what did you do? How did you oh. fart away this Thanksgiving? Oh, did I? Um, <laughs> oh, all the stuffing, all the mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, all of it. It was glorious. Um, World Cup during the day, right into Giants Cowboys. It was a good day of sports all the way around. The football game, American football games were all really good. Um, in terms of what I was drinking, had a very nice several, a few, a few glasses of this. Um, it's a apple whiskey, uh, ginger beer, apple cider combo, and Ooh. it goes down very easy. And we we went hard. It was nice. It was very nice. Good stuff, uh, man. Yeah, it was a great great Thanksgiving. No complaints. Enjoyed and really enjoyed it. This has been a great stream. Guys, fantastic. Everyone join us during your holidays. Again, another bumper turnout from the animals and mm-hmm. from our listeners. I can't appreciate guys, you guys enough. And I guess for those of you who aren't with us now, you can hear us um, when we drop it on the pod. That's right. This will be an audio vehicle as well. Uh, we will be back. I'll have to check the calendar. I'm not exactly sure when the next one will be. Obviously, uh, the U.S.'s next match, Tuesday. That is the great decider. Today was the hype game. Like, today is the one that, like, we've been hearing all about, thinking all about. But in terms of, like, true importance, Tuesday, baby. It's another one of these cycles, World Cups, where the U.S., it's all going to come down to that final group stage game. Uh, oh, it's <laughs> that. We thought today was nerve-wracking, but, like, there wasn't real jeopardy associated with today's game let's think of, let's start wrapping our minds around tuesday and how about the jeopardy surrounding this is that what we want all those years with your real dad dave sarakin watching those play meaningless friendlies now it yeah. counts well we talked a lot about him at, around my thanksgiving table oh boy yeah yeah i bet you did 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of uncomfortable conversations having to be had. <laughs> Mommy, where does my love of soccer come from? Well, let me tell you something, son. <laughs> Finish your potatoes. <laughs> no more soccer talk. <laughs> hey, this was fun, man. Uh, we'll be back again. Keep keep posted. Follow us at CO Soccer Pod, at JJ Devaney, at A Gunling. We'll have updates for when the next pod will be. But certainly, if at the very least, we'll do another one uh, on Tuesday after USA, Iran. And then at that point, we'll know where our future lies. JJ, good stuff, my friend. To you, I say. Check you later, fun boy. See ya. Take care, man. Bye, guys. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.